Well, good morning. So uh, we are in a series called On Your Mark, Get Set. And we're preparing as we head into the new building, as we're preparing to uh, unleash really a new ministry, but the same ministry, uh, just at a new building. And uh, it's been neat to see. We stopped by even yesterday, and the progress since last Sunday has been phenomenal. We ended up having a prayer time out there last Sunday. We had, I don't know where it was, right around 3.40, 3.50 at that. And just great to be able to walk prayer groups around throughout the building and lift that space up to him, not because it's about brick and mortar, but Lord, may hearts and lives be rocked in this place for you and for your kingdom. And uh, so it's great to see that going on. It's been exciting to see what God's been doing. So uh, this morning, all right, let's just jump in. So the head of the FBI, Hoover, he was in charge of the FBI for a number of years, led with an iron fist. And uh, so many people wanted to please him. They wanted to make sure that he understood that they were on his side. You know what I mean? So they tried to do things to uh, get his attention. One guy specifically took the office memo pads and decided to shrink all of them in order to save money because, after all, you only use a little bit of the space and those things are being sent all over the place and what a waste. And so he shrunk the memo pad and widened the, or narrowed the margins and gave a little bit more usable space to it and, you know, he's gonna save hundreds of thousands of dollars this way and felt like a genius and started getting those around everybody and, well, finally one of those memos hit Hoover's desk. And uh, he wrote on the blank memo, circled the margins and wrote, watch the borders here, and, and handed it back. And, you know, for the next six weeks, nobody could get in and out of Mexico and Canada <laughs> across the U.S. True story. Nobody understood what he meant when he said, watch the borders. They thought he was talking about the borders of the United States. After all, he's the guy who heads the FBI, and they were on high alert, and they didn't know why. It was because... The margins were too narrow on the paper, right? And, and communication, hey, it's a big deal. And we have to be very careful what words we use and how we use them that we might get the point across of what we're trying to say. And that's what we're talking about today is prepare to make it clear where you stand. Uh, you're not just about doing things in a right way, but you're about your king, Jesus Christ. You're not just about uh, standing for goodness, but for Jesus Christ. And, and how do we make that clear? Well, that's what we're going to be answering today. So turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 8, verse 4. We got the ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. Acts 8, verse 4. Just raise your hand. They'll get a Bible to you. All right. So how do I make it clear? First step, words. Share the authority and necessity of Jesus Christ in our lives. Words. Share the authority and necessity of Jesus Christ in our lives. Uh, without words, it's not clear. Okay? And, and I'm all for living in a way that shows that you're with Jesus Christ, but there's a point where words become necessary. All right? Words. So let's start in Acts chapter 8 here, verse 4. He says, Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Those who were scattered went about preaching. Scattered, you know, like when the pressure came, when there was resistance against them, when families refused to include them as families, when governments were beating on them and murdering them, when they were scattered because of the oppression, well, they, of course, then preached the word 
What are you kidding me? Right? Do they understand what's going on? So let's go to another place and bring the word with heat. Uh, guess what? Their goal was not to avoid pressure. Their goal was not to avoid oppression. Their goal was to make sure Jesus Christ was lifted up. And if not in this place, then in what place, Lord? That's what they were saying. May I preach the word? May I preach what? The word. Like that's what needs to be preached in this place. It's the first pillar that we're all about. Proclaiming the word of God without apology. The word of God. The Bible. Completely trustworthy. Absolutely inerrant. Absolutely to be trusted. May we preach the word. Hey, hear me on this one. The moment we start preaching ideas and magazine articles, the moment I stop preaching the word, please do me a favor, leave this church. You understand? Like we will preach the word and we will preach it with authority. And if I lose my nut and for some reason it's not being stopped, get out of here. Okay, that's what it's all about. May the word be lifted up preeminent. That's where God's at work. All right? Preach the word. And so they were scattered and they thought, hey, in the midst of the oppression, why not bring a little more heat? That Jesus Christ might get the glory. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. Samaria. Now, this is the place where the Samaritans lived. Guess where they got the name from, right? And and uh, so really, those guys were half Jew, and then they married out. And so it was a mixed breed, or a half-breed is what they were often called. They were looked down upon. There was this huge um, battle between the Jew and the half-Jew, between the Jew and the Samaritan. And this battle that ensued created a huge midst of oppression. If you walked in as a Jew, you were going to be pushed against, period, just because of who you were. Then he comes in preaching the Christ. Uh, Philip had a goal. Lord, I'm just following you. What do you want done? Philip, he was trying to say, God, I want you known through me. I want the necessity of you and the authority of you made clear I will share it wherever you want me to share it. And God called him to Samaria, to a place that should be absolute oppression. And instead what it was, was an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ with those around him. He shared the Christ. It says, and the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said to Philip when they heard him and saw the signs. The crowds paid accord with one attention. I have to tell you, that phrase gripped me this week. What an awesome description for an early church on fire. Paid attention with one accord. Paid attention with one accord. My prayer for this body is that we could pay attention with one accord to the word of God. It means nothing distracts us, absolutely riveted and locked in. God, tell me what you want, and I will do it. Paying attention with one accord that God might get the greater glory. Hey, my prayer for each of you is that you might actually sense God moving in your life through the power of his word and move with him. Beat to the drum he calls you to. Pay attention with one accord. Notice they were responding to what Philip was proclaiming about the Christ. And so they were beating to the one drum of who he was. What things would he have been sharing? Well, here's a good example. 
He may have been sharing that Jesus Christ is God himself. He said, I and the Father are one. Jesus did. And I'm sure Philip was saying, I was there when he said this. I and the Father are one. Jesus Christ, God himself. And more than that, Jesus Christ, humble, even though he was God, humble himself. You know, he, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Didn't have to, chose to. God Almighty, humble and among us. But he sacrificed for us as well. He wasn't just God, he wasn't just humble, but he sacrificed. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John declared it of Jesus. The word was ripping as to who Jesus Christ was. And maybe last was, he's risen, he's ascended, he's alive. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, he is to be revered and worshipped. He proclaimed the Christ and they paid attention with one Accord. I mean, there was a heartbeat amongst that body for Jesus Christ and him crucified and him risen. And God was beginning to do a miracle work. Praise be to God. Amen. What a powerful moment that had to be. I love the phrase with one accord. They paid attention, man. This has become my prayer for this body as we move forward with one accord. Lord, may we just pay attention Tell us what you want from us, and we're there. Let's go. Notice it says, they paid attention to what was being said, what they heard, and what they saw of the signs he did. What they heard and what they saw of the signs he did. It even goes on to describe the signs. It says, for unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them. With many who were paralyzed or lame, they were healed. And so there was much joy in the city. We see demons cast out. We see the lame walking. We see the the people who are hurting better and, and God's working. And let's just speak to this for a second. All right, let's be careful here. So these are signs. We would call them the sign gifts in today's setting, okay? And, and so notice this. Every time you see a sign gift come up, the main reason you see that gift is not to create an air of comfort. It's not so that everybody's better off. It's so that people know, wow, that guy who just performed that miracle, power of God in him, better listen to what he says. Hear me? The sign is always followed by the message, and the message is a message of salvation. Be clear on this. Every time a sign gift is used, the message is salvation in the end. The sign gift is to get your attention, not to create comfort everywhere. And how many times do we end up saying, man, I wish I had the gift of healing. Like I'd heal the whole body. I'm telling you, I would love to have the gift of healing all the time, just healing everybody. And and all of a sudden this becomes one big, soft, comfortable place where nobody's sick. But that's not the point. The point is that you hear about Jesus Christ and him crucified and you worship him. And so really the point of these sign gifts being unleashed at any given moment is so that you know, thus saith the Lord. Are you hearing me? Thus saith the Lord. And and so, hey, how do you know if what I'm saying is what the Lord's saying if there's no miracle sign? Hint. Know what I'm saying? Like, how do you know, thus saith the Lord? Well, because I see it right there in the Bible. You're preaching the word. Hey, we're right back to the same phrase again. Preach the word. 
where the Bible is prevalent, the sign gifts will be diminished. You hearing me? This is a big deal moment. Where the Bible is prevalent, the sign gifts will be diminished. Because the word of God is completely obvious and it's right in front of you. Use it. Okay, that's what's going on. And where the Bible is less and where there's not necessarily a collected element going on, then you'll often see the sign gift used that God gets attention to say, listen to this man. He knows of what he speaks and he knows of whom he speaks. All right. Hopefully that's clear. A little little rabbit trail there for a moment, but it's definitely worthwhile to hear. Um, Love what's going on here. Love the change that's going on. They're hearing what Philip's challenge is about salvation. They're responding to the message of the Christ. And look what happens in the end. So there was much joy in the city. So there was much joy in the city. There was what? Much joy. Man, that needs to be our goal. I'm telling you this. If you want to tie two phrases together, uh, one accord, paying attention, much joy. One accord, paying attention, much joy. This needs to be the prayer for our body. This needs to be what our prayer is for our life as we live it out in front of the world on display, ready to share the word that with one accord we worship the almighty king of the universe. We're awed by who Jesus Christ is and much joy is a part of our life. If there's not much joy, we're not in one accord. Uh, Kind of period on that one. Uh, So if you need to be talking through that, let's talk through that. Let's get real on that and let's get real on it fast. Okay. Hey, there's times where don't mix up joy and comfort. Don't mix those up. Okay. Joy, meaning like despite the circumstance, I get what God's doing and I'm excited about it. Satisfied in him, not satisfied in my comfort. Okay. Much joy was going on. Hey, they were oppressed. They were scattered. They were running. They were sharing Christ as they ran, and there was much joy. Your circumstances do not define your joy. Your king does. Amen? Make sure we're following after the king who gives the almighty of joy. What an awesome privilege and opportunity. The message you can share can be simple or complex. Please make sure it's simple. Okay, as you're talking to a world with blinders on and they don't get who Jesus Christ is, make sure it's simple. Check this out. A poem I wrote down this week. Tell me if you've heard it. Ready? Ready? All right. I didn't know if you were asleep or awake. Okay. Scintillate, scintillate. Globule vivificate. Fain would I fathom thy nature specific. Loftily poised in the ether capacious, strongly resembling a gem carbonaceous. Have you ever heard of that? All right, translation. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. (laughs) How I wonder what you are up above the world so high like a diamond in the sky. Hey, you can use words that are 90 cent and dollar words and you can blow people away with your theological tree ties and or you can just make it real and make it simple so people get where you're at. Please be careful. Choose the words and choose the message that gets the simple Across of where you stand with Jesus Christ. Not some big 90 cent words, just the basics of where you're at. Well, I'm not even sure I know how to do that, Tim. Good. Then write this down, okay? You've heard me say this before. It's not easy, but it's as simple as ABC. 
It's not easy, but it's as simple as ABC. This is what it means to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Just write ABC. A, admit, admit that I'm not perfect. That's pretty easy, right? Amen. You're with me, brother. Admit, right? It's pretty easy to go, not perfect, didn't get that right. And, and some are like, no, I think I'm pretty close to perfect. Yeah, close isn't good enough, right? Not perfect, that's where we are. Lord, we've come up short, and I admit that. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So admit, Romans 3.23, you just take them to that verse and just say, is that easy to admit? It's pretty easy for all of us. And the word sinned, it's just, it's an archery term. It means I was aiming for the bullseye and when I released, I missed it and I missed the whole target. I came up short and hit the turf. Admit that, short, uh, sin. So that's A. B, believe. Believe that God has risen Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus is alive. There is power in him, right? Believe. Believe that he died on the cross for our sins with purpose. And that we can trust in him as Savior. Believe that that's who Jesus is. God sacrificing for me and alive today as king. Believe. Romans 10, 9, and 10 talks about that. Believe that God raised him from the dead. And make sure we go after that. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, that we could have a faith that saves. It's not works, otherwise you could boast. Hey man, what are you in heaven for? You wouldn't believe what I've done. Right? That's not what heaven's going to be like. It's like, I can't believe I'm here. It's because of what he's done and nothing else. And believe, okay? But note this, admit and believe, those are two great things to do. Uh, but the devils do that. The demons do that. And they tremble, right? James chapter 2. They admit that Jesus is God Almighty. They know who he is and they call him out. Uh, They believe that there's salvation in him. They're just not making him their Lord. And so there's another step. C, confess. Confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Your Lord. Not just a Lord, but he's in charge of your life. God, you've got my heart. Lord, I'm done fighting. Please use your shed blood on the cross for my sin. Forgive me. I'm turning from the sin and the junk, and I'm running after you with all I've got. I am with one accord paying attention to you. It's not easy, but it's as simple as A, B, C. Man, make that clear when you're talking to people about where you stand with Christ. It's a great entry point. Where do you think jesus is in this whole thing and what do you think it's all about or maybe they don't even ask it and you're standing there you're like hey can i ask you a question what do you think jesus has to do with all this and you're like i don't know i don't even like talking about it well i got an answer for you really what is that well it's not easy but it's as simple as a b c really what's that mean and then you can walk through it it at least gives them something to walk away with i'll guarantee you this when they wake up the next day they're thinking not easy simple as a b c Guarantee you that, that's going through their head and they'll be working it out, okay? Take time to let your words define where you stand and be simple and direct about it, all right? So question, first question is this, have you committed to the ABCs? Have you put a stake in the ground and said, yes, Lord, you are my king, Or have you just been wallowing along, maybe recognizing at a distance who Jesus is? Have you said, I am yours and you're my king. Please forgive me. If you have not, please 
Today is the day. Right here, right now, put a stake in the ground and say, Lord, I commit. I'm done. I'm sick of the sin and what it's doing to me, and I'm leaving it behind, and I'm running to you. Thank you for your shed blood as a replacement payment for me. Nothing I could pay, but you've made that available. I'm in awe. Please forgive me. Man, if you haven't done that, now's the time. Today's the day. It's not easy. Why? Because your will is in the way. But it's as simple as A, B, C. Step up and let God make you his own. Right here and right now. Man, if you have done that, then here's the next step. Are you willing to share that with those around you? Are you willing to make it clear to friends and co-workers and people at school? I'm not talking about in weird, inopportune moments. They're like, hey, what did you get for question four in this geometry thing? And I'm not sure what to do. It's not easy, but it's as simple as ABC. I'm not talking about that, where they're like, dude, focus. What's your problem? I mean, in context, finding the right time to share, be praying for that, that God might show an open moment and walk them along. I'm telling you, watch this. Are you ready? As you walk them along the ABCs, they will trip at one spot. They will. There's a point where they'll say, not good with that. And that's okay. That's a moment where you go, okay, this is a point where I see you're sticking and is there any question I could ask about it? And then be praying for them to break through that wall. Maybe they can't even admit that they're not perfect. You know what I'm saying? But but maybe they do. They say, I get that. I'm not perfect. But I don't believe that that causes this. And, and then you show them the passage of scripture and you just let them wrestle with it. And you let God speak to them and step back. All right. Just walk them along the path and see what God's doing as he's ripening fruit all around you. And watch God work as you're available uh, to witness for him. All right? Words. They're necessary. And they're simple. And it's okay to say, I don't know when they ask you a tough question. I'll get back to you on that one. Get back to them with it later. All right? Words. All right. Second one. Will. Do not be intimidated by a person or situation. You represent the king of kings. Do not be intimidated by a person or situation. You represent the king of kings. Notice what happens here, starting in uh, verse... uh, Is that nine? Yeah, verse nine. Small numbers. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. Simon... Some dude walking around in Samaria and he's performing, it says, magic, okay? The Greek word there means he was literally doing sorcery. It's, uh, he was performing powerful deeds that were empowered by the dark side, by Satan himself. This was dark power being revealed to the people. He was wowing them with the power of hell. That's what's going on here. Uh, Philip, let's just go backtrack here for a moment. Philip, because of oppression, was scattered. And so he went to a town of half-breeds who would be against him just because he's a Jew and started speaking to a group of people who were being wowed by the power of hell. Do you love the resolve and the power in this guy? I, I mean, what is he thinking about? This is simply all he's thinking about. Man, these people need Jesus. You know what I'm saying? He's walking in and he's like, who's that guy? Simon. Really? 
What's he doing? Awesome powers. That? Yeah. Dude, that is nothing. Let me display for you who God Almighty is. You need to meet the king of the universe. Not this little man. Let me introduce to you the king of the universe. Philip steps up and stands against Simon, who claims himself to be great. By the way, when somebody claims himself to be great, newsflash, they're not. Know what I'm saying? Like the moment they stand up and go, I am great. That's the moment you go, and I'm moving on. Okay, just hear that. Self-proclaimed, wow, we got a problem. Okay. They all paid attention to him. Sad. They all paid attention to him. Same phrase that was used just before when they were all beating to the drum of Christ. This is the precursor to that. They were paying attention to something else. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest. This man is the power of God that is called great. That's what they were saying. You see, they were all wowed by Jesus Christ not being there in the pit of hell being displayed. And they were in awe of those powers. We don't know what it was and what he was doing, but somehow they were drawn attention to that and everybody was beating to it. Have you ever been in a spot where you see uh, people who aren't following Jesus Christ seemingly being blessed? Uh, It seems to be going too well for them. And why are people following him? And you've ever been in one of those spots? Uh, newsflash, God's at work. Just hang on. He's doing something, and we're not quite sure what, and it's not on our time, and, wow, good thing we're not running the universe, you know what I mean? And so just relax and watch what God's going to be doing. And while he's letting Simon wow them, he is calling a crowd together before the real speaker's even there. And and Simon, the little man, is performing miracles, and he's pulling them all together, and God's like, watch this. You know what I'm saying? And a whole crowd is now assembled, and Philip steps up as they all with one accord are listening, and he goes, now watch this. And bam, they're all wowed by the God of the universe. And the attention is stolen away from Simon, and they are following Philip and his God With all they've got. God was building followers. He just started by using Simon who was building himself. Often God's at work even in the most seemingly unfortunate moments. It says they all paid attention to him. This man called himself the power of God that is called great. And what I love is that Simon was nothing. But he called himself great. Philip, absolutely powerful, stood in the gap and called attention to the Jesus Christ. Will and resolve. Will and resolve. I just wrote this quote down. Will is the whole man active. I cannot give up my will. I must exercise it. I must will even to obey. When God gives a commander truth, it's never a question of what he will do, but what we will do. To be successful in God's work is to fall in line with his will and to do it his way. Christianity Today uh, posted that article. To be successful in God's work is to fall in line with his will and to do it his way. Resolved. Wherever God, whenever God, to whomever God, 
And so Philip is like, wherever, God? And he's like, Samaria. Seriously? Samaria. Yeah. You know they don't like me there. Samaria. Okay. Samaria. So he walks into Samaria. And he's like, where, God? Over there. Yeah, he's standing for the pit of hell right now. Yeah, you need to stand next to him. Really? Oh, yeah. I want you to give this message next to them. Uh, you like scattering me, don't you, God? Right? And, 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 hey, God's like, do me a favor and represent and watch what happens. And so Philip just faithfully stands up. I don't know what Philip was thinking in his head. Was he thinking, I can't wait till all these people turn and follow me and, and, and Jesus Christ? Or was he thinking, well, this is one and done. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. Was he like, I'm just going to stand up and say it and do it. And then scattered again is where we'll go. But Jesus Christ will be proclaimed. I don't know what was going through his head, but I'll tell you this. Either way, he did what he was supposed to do. He stood up and he shared. And so, hey, question for you. Where's your Samaria? Who's your Simon? Where's the place you need to share? Where's the spot that's tough? And you're like, seriously, God, you got to be kidding. I'm not sure I really want to ever share there. And But you're being called faithfully to share there. Time to do it. Well, how do I know if I'm being called to be sharing there? Are you there? Then share there. All right. Find a way to be vocal about where you stand. Find the right time and the place. It works. Trust me. God does great things through those moments. I've had huge opportunities. I was in engineering for a long time. And uh, we did it wrong several times. There were several of us that were believers. There was one time I was sharing my faith at about 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning with uh, a roommate, with a cube mate. And uh, don't do that. that. That's not a good plan. The boss walked by and he's like, seriously? You're talking about this on work hours. And, and hey, we were going to make it up after hours, but that does not come through. Okay, and and so be careful where you choose it. You choose your time well. You're respectful about what's going on with work and and you let it happen and let it roll out as God sees fit and let God shine. Simple words, right timing that God might get the glory who and where make that decision with that resolve that God might get the greater glory. It's time to make it clear who your king is. Okay, I'll just say it this way. Every relationship, every relationship is subservient to the relationship you have with your king of kings. Do not say, yeah, but they're my father or yeah, but they're my sister or yeah, but they're a friend at work and I can't lose every relationship subservient to the relationship you have with your king of kings. Listen to him first. Proclaim him first. That God might get the greater glory and let's see what God does in your life. Remember, there was much joy in the city as they beat with one accord and following after him. Okay, words and will, actions. Our first response to Jesus should be belief and then baptism. Our first response to Jesus should be belief and then baptism. Notice it starts out in verse 11. They paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. Uh, There was a time where Simon was drawing attention with the sorcery, the dark stuff. We talked about that. I wanted to keep that in this section because it gives us a running start. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, 
they were baptized. Are you hearing it? The group was gathered together, and then Simon steps in, grabs the attention with even bigger stuff on display. And in that moment, they believed, they trust in him, they're following him, believed what Philip had to say. I just put this about the word believed. It means agreement in your mind and heart that calls you to action. That's belief. Agreement in your mind and heart that calls you to action. It is not belief if it doesn't call you to action. Oh, I believe Jesus died for me. I just don't think I'm doing anything for him. Yeah, that's not belief. Uh, belief is going to call you to action. If he is your king who put his all on the line for you and you believe that, it will call you to action. Belief is my heart and mind calling me to action. They believed what Philip was teaching. Well, what was he teaching them? What was he talking about? We get a little bit more clarity here. It says that he was preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. The good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. Kingdom. I think he was just saying this real simply. It's here. The kingdom of God, it's upon us. It's not some future thing. It's now. And and by the way, the king who's reigning over it, Jesus Christ. You know, the one who was crucified and who rose again. By the way, he is physically returning. That's our king. The kingdom of God. It's here spiritually, and it's coming physically, and we know the king. It's Jesus Christ himself. Time to lay it all down, boys. This is who you need to be following. The kingdom of God. Simple and basic. And it says, in the name of Jesus Christ. I just wrote this. There's power in the name. There's salvation in his name. There is hope in his name. He is our Messiah. That's the message. There is power in his name. There is salvation in his name. There is hope in his name. He is our Messiah. To God be the glory. That's what we're talking about. May God be glorified as we lift up the name of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And Philip preached that. And they believed Meaning they said this. Seriously? Jesus is in charge? What about this guy, Simon? Not him? All right, we're done with you, bro. We're over here now. Okay, we're following Jesus now. Now what do we have to do? And he's like, well, Jesus gave me this command one time. He said, please make disciples. Go out teaching and baptizing. So do you believe? Yeah. My teaching is done. Find some water. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, he's just following through on the command. Teach and baptize. Teach and baptize. That's what it looks like to make disciples. Let's get the message across. And for those who commit, let's make a public declaration that we're on with him. That's what it looks like to believe and then be baptized. It says, when they believed what he had preached, then they were baptized, both men and women. This is an all in, everybody included. And I love this. It says, even Simon himself believed. And after he being baptized, he continued with Philip. Are you hearing it? The one who amazed the crowds was now himself in awe. And he believed. And he was baptized. And he sat under Philip's teaching that God might get the greater glory. God has a plan. 
and he's stirring in this world and he's moving and it's our job to just share words, share testimony, be open to what God might be doing and see where he might move next. Don't make the decisions for him. Just be faithful to sharing and watch what God does. Sometimes there will be a scattering. Sometimes there will be high fruit. Just be faithful to sharing where you're at and watch God work. All right? That's what we're called to. Notice that baptism is the final point here of what happens. They were baptized. And uh, that's what we want to talk about as we close out here today, baptism. I just want to make sure we get some points across about it. What is baptism about? Why do we have that? Well, number one, it, it demonstrates who you follow. Baptism. It's about who you follow. And it's a demonstration of it. It's a public announcement. I'm following Jesus Christ now. And and it might be that, you know what, it's been a long time and I should have done this before. And let's get it on though. Or maybe it's I started uh, about 20 minutes ago when I was challenged with the ABCs. And it doesn't matter when. It's time to make that public declaration. And uh, it's showing the model of what Christ has done for us. Down into death. And up into new life, Romans chapter 6, what Christ does for us. We go down into his death with the cross, his shed blood covering us. We come up into new life, him resurrected. We have this beautiful life with him, new life, eternal. And baptism is such a reflection of that. Simply following the Matthew 28 command, baptism. Teaching and being baptized. It's one of our parts of a Sunday morning service because of it. It's the top two things listed when he said make disciples, teaching and baptizing, all right? So just a couple other statements about it. Baptism, let's define it a little bit. It's after belief, you're already saved, it's now just a symbol saying, I want to show you what God has done in my heart and life, okay? Baptism, it does not save in and of itself, but it's an indicator that you are saved. I have trusted in him. I've walked through the ABCs. I believe and I confess him as my Lord. Now what? Time to be baptized. Make a public statement that God is at work in your life. Hear me now. Uh, saying this very carefully in quotes. Thus saith the Lord. Okay. Not just my opinion. God's view of what should be taking place. If you believe then be baptized, follow through, okay? So that's the first piece after salvation. Second piece is you're saying I'm his. That's a big part of it. I am his and he is mine. I follow the king of kings, Jesus Christ. Baptism, that's what you're defining. Uh, we do baptism through immersion. That means going down into the water and coming up out. Why do you choose that mode? Well, because Romans 6 talks about down into the water and up out of the water, okay? It does model that death and new life experience. The word baptism actually comes from the Greek word that means to immerse, okay? And so we do baptism by immersion here. That's what we do. And so you heard Steve reference the 400 gallons of water in the tank right here, and we're going to go to three-quarter ballroom and make some space, and like we're excited about what's going on as we uh, get ready for next week when we do baptisms through immersion. And uh, it is that thing that represents Christ and his work, Romans 6, as we've talked about. That's baptism. Man, we get so many questions about baptism, all right? And, uh, and I understand, and right now, some of you are getting sweaty palms. You're like, oh, no. I think he's talking to me. And, uh, no, Jesus is talking to you. 
Okay, get ready. Here's a couple of a couple of frequently asked questions. Hey, what if I was baptized after I was saved, but it was at another church? Uh, yeah, we don't baptize you into the uh, holy name of Harvest Bible Chapel. Okay, it's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and and it's the universal kingdom and the universal God and and another church. Great, as long as it was after salvation, awesome. We're good with that. You're good, one and done, man. That's great. Okay, so you're good there. All right. Another question we get. Well, what if I was baptized? Um, but you know what? Now I'm really fired up, and and I kind of want to model that. And what do I? Can I be baptized to do that? And you know what? That's not the role of baptism. To say I'm fired up, and and then I'm fired up again, and and I'm fired up again, and it's like, man, that guy likes baths or something, you know? <laughs> right? That's not what it's about. Okay? It's it's were you saved? Did you trust him? And then did you get baptized? Great. The best way to model that you're fired up: get plugged into an impact group, start serving in this place, start sharing your testimony, let people hear of your fire. Okay? If you're fired up and you've already been saved and baptized. Spread the fire through the worship, walk, work, witness. All right? Not through getting baptized. Okay? You're already baptized. That's great. Uh, what if I was baptized after salvation by sprinkling? Where they just do a little bit of water on your forehead. It wasn't through immersion. Okay, so here's our answer to this. First of all, uh, we're not as concerned about how wet you actually get. Okay, and it's not like when we're we're doing the immersion and I bring you back up and I part of your forehead stay dry and I'm like, whoa. And so I like kick your feet out and take you back under and, you know, point taken. Okay, so it's not so much about how wet. Uh, but I will say this, the model of immersion is the strongest model. And, and, and uh, so you might say, you know, I'm not even sure that the model was properly shared as I was being baptized through sprinkling. And I'm not sure it was clear what was being said about what Christ did. And, and I want to make that clear. Well, then let come forward and let's get you baptized next week. You know what I'm saying? Let's get your name down and let's get it going. So it's up to you on that one. And uh, you decide if you think it was clear where you stood and the message was clear and hey, you were following leadership and they made it clear that this was about following him. Great. And, and if you're not good with it and you want to make it good. Great. Either way, we're good with that. Does that make sense? So that one, we're on the fence with you. Uh, you tell us what you want to do. Uh, what if I was baptized as an infant uh, in the church I was a part of? Okay. So infancy, that's before salvation, right? And so now the baptism there is not your choice. It's not belief and then baptism. Notice the order even in this passage, belief and then baptism. Uh, what you end up having here is baptism and then belief. And, and so that's not what we're talking about. Now, hear me on this. A lot of you have family members who have baptized you in that way. And so the bottom line is, uh, yeah, you should be getting baptized again. And the baptism again is saying this. Now it's my turn to stand up. This is not belittling what your parents have done. And it's seriously, get ready to say this phrase. Are you ready? I love how you took a stand for me. Are you hearing that? I love how you took a stand for me. And I'm so appreciative of how you stood in the gap for me with that. That was your stand. This one is mine. That God might get the greater glory. Okay, I'm all about showing that I've now trusted Christ as my savior and I'm taking this stand. Thank you for what you've done. This is the exclamation point on that. Are you hearing it? It's not the unwinding. It's not the unraveling. It's the thank you. And, and, and here's what we're doing. We're doing belief 
and then baptism. Remember, baptism does not save. This is a symbol that you are now trusting Christ. And so you're standing up and saying that. Okay, so yes, please, if you've been baptized as an infant and then you now trusted Christ and you have not been baptized since, it's time to be baptized. Next week's our opportunity, all right? Okay. Uh, well, that's all great, Tim, but I'm not sure what baptism looks like. I don't know if I really get it, and I need help understanding it. Okay, I'm glad you asked. Let's play the video. <laughs> 